Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. Trumpeter and composer Nabate Isles has played with an eclectic lineup of musicians, from jazz legends like Christian McBride and Diane Reeves, to rappers like Yassine Bey and Chuck D. Chuck D actually makes a guest appearance on Nabate Isles' latest album called En Motion, That album is full of the sounds of funk, R&B, Latin music, disco. There's even a cover of a Tom York song. Nabate has brought his band to the studio today, and they're going to start the way the record does, with a track called The Jump Off. Thank you. 
that is the Jump Off live performance from the Bate Isles and his band here in the studio. And that is the jumping off point for his new record called En Motion. You heard Abe Fogel on drums, Richie Goods playing the electric bass, Davis Whitfield on keyboards, and Nabate himself playing the trumpet. Great to have you and the guys here in the studio today. Oh, thank you so much, John. Pleasure to be here. So it seems like you choose your album titles pretty carefully. The last one was Eclectic Excursions, and it was a very, I mean, but this, this really, this album kind of ups the eclecticism quotient, it seems. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's in motion, all about movement, groove, dance, um, because jazz music uh, now doesn't really emphasize groove and, and, and move and moving, you know, getting people to dance because that's how it was in the early part of the 20th century, the first half of the 20th century uh, with Dixieland and, and Ragtime and, and, and also, of course, big bands. Right. You know, like Stride Duke Piano. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, people, that, people yes, danced to That led jazz. it to rock and roll. Like, yeah. you know, like Sly Piano, yeah, like uh, Albert Ammons, like that led into rock and roll, um, which, you know, which was all about movement and dancing. So, um, so I, I wanted to really do that on this album but also to like focus on the the type of music that I grew up listening to like hip hop you know I grew up in Queens so it was about hip hop and R&B new jack swing uh dance music caribbean latin music uh, everything like that um so going to dance clubs and everything so it was, you know I kind of wanted to put that with uh sophisticated arrangements and improvisation and and having great musicality like the musicians with me today yeah the virtuosity that they have so the idea of dance and groove so essential to early jazz it's it's coming back through the work of people like Robert Glasper mm-hmm. and Marcus Strickland and mm-hmm. and there's a generation now trying to recapture that yeah and just try to be inspired by the music we grew up with you know yeah. like and everything so my generation Robert and Marcus Hall and my generation so because right. I've always said the branches American music the the root is jazz, but the branches are everything else, yeah. you know, in American music. So everything derives from jazz at the end of the day, jazz and blues. So uh, you released a single from En Motion called mm-hmm. Black Girl Magic. Yes. And, you know, listening to that, I'm not sure how many people would say jazz. You know, it's so funny. Like, I, I wanted to get like a 70s type of bounce and hop, you know, 70s uh, type of flavor. You know, I was I was looking, you know, I kind of was like thinking about a block party, you know, and, and, and that, you know, that was with Herbie Hancock, you know, and Return of Forever and Roy Ayers, you know, I was thinking of like that type of vibe, which of course are amazing jazz artists, you know, right, and, and right. that that had their roots in jazz. So I was kind of thinking of that funky uh, type of way, but with the 21st century vibe of having the great Mumu Fresh with her um, with her verse, her amazing uh, uh, lyricism on that record, and uh, Badia Farrar bringing like, you know, uh, bringing like a very 21st century melody uh, vibe that she, because we co-wrote the song, Badia, myself, she wrote the melody and everything, I wrote the, the instrumental and the, the mm-hmm. music for it. Um, and of course she wrote the lyrics too and uh, so it was kind of like a we wanted to make it like a full like spectrum of black music of the last 50 years you belong on every stage that you step on the world needs your voice you are the platform we ain't waiting on permission anymore walking in our queendom the reason we were born to be young black and gifted prolific boss babe minus the explicit I see your greatness and it's great to bear witness your very existence is the litmus success is your birthright Respect is what you deserve. I hate you, make queens come. You better make 
shout out to Nikki Greer. She did a lot of vocal effects and everything, mm-hmm. and she's a great artist herself based out of Los Angeles, and she leads Kanye West's Sunday service. So okay. just to have those three incredible women to work with them is just awesome, you know, and yeah. So Black Girl Magic, you mentioned you co-wrote, Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But many of the tunes are are your own. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them, and I do want to ask you about your the, your choice of covers in a little bit. But uh, with a piece like Perfect Cadence, which you're, you're going to do next, mm-hmm. when you put a title like that on, that's a very kind of musicological title mm-hmm. almost. I mean, what is the, you know, for folks who don't know, I mean, a cadence is like, you know, an right. ending. And another phrase, yep. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The amen at the mm-hmm. end of a hymn. I mean, there's like all these famous cadences in classical music, for example. Mm-hmm. What to your ears is a perfect cadence? Well, um, the reason why I named it is because of my for my daughter, my beautiful daughter, Cadence uh, Zalika Isles, ah. and and uh, so my wife and I named her Cadence, and and uh, so perfect cadence was just per you know the perfect title for for her and and. Um, and it's very, very uh, playful type of tune because she's just, and she's very musical herself, which is really awesome. We, we have a Baby Einstein piano that she already sits and plays and everything and bongos and, and she, How she old is taps she? in rhythm. Oh, she'll be one on the 23rd of February. Yeah. She's one and you've she, already got her playing a little yeah, piano. Yeah, she's still, and yeah, just, and she just does it for fun and her rhythm is there and yeah, it's it's amazing, yeah. She's a musical baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> play music right. for her like when she was in the womb, and of course, yeah. play a lot of music for her. That's yeah. a great name, Cadence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, let's hear the piece. All right. Perfect Cadence is the name of it. You'll find a version of it on uh, Nabate Isle's most recent album called En Motion, but here's a live performance in the studio. Thank you. 
That is perfect cadence. Live here in the studio from Nabate Isles. Uh, it's a track from his latest record, En Motion. I, I, I sort of let you off the hook. I asked you what to your ear was a perfect cadence. Do you have, I mean, you named your daughter Cadence. There must be a cadence, a musical cadence that, that speaks to you. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Um, no? There's so many. I, okay. I, but watch, after the interview, I'll have like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, one. that's fine. But I've, oh, wow. I would say Central Park West, John Coltrane. You know, uh, like those chords, the way they were moving. And... Those five ones, like, yeah, that's Central Park West. And also Con Alma, Dizzy Gillespie, too. You know, those there's so many perfect cadences right there, you know. Yeah. And a perfect cadence is the technical term is a five to one, five chord yes. to one chord. Right. So um yeah, I would say those two that come to mind, but I'm sure I'm gonna have more, you know. Well, those <laughs> are actually two excellent examples. I mean Conalma, yeah, with the kind of the the, the Latin tinge mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so uh, talking about Queens before and how important Queens has been to hip hop starting with run DMC and going mm-hmm. through yes. I I as a Queens born kid, I, I would try and claim public enemy as I mean oh, I know yeah. that they're just Roosevelt, like right Roosevelt's on close. the border there, right, you right. know. Between out. Queens and Nassau. <laughs> Nassau. <laughs> and uh, and you've worked with Chuck D yes. of Public Enemy fame. Yes, indeed. Such an honor. Um because that gentleman, I actually knew him I met him through a mutual friend of my family and myself. Um Back in the late 90s, you know, and um, and everything and, and talked with him. And then throughout the years, we run into each other and he would know me by face, um, but didn't know my name. You know, didn't like, you know, didn't remember my name. But it was funny um, when I was a producer for NBA radio. He's a big sports fan, as we all know, NBA especially. Um, I produced a, the afternoon drive show in which he always listened to. So he would always tweet out, you know, like the host and everything. And then he got my name and started to tweet me out and everything. And then he found out that I was a musician and everything. And then we we spoke. And then I put the, the connection of how we met years back. And then he got the connection and everything. And he supported my first album. He would tweet about it and everything. I was like, wow, just such an honor. And like I said, Public Enemy and Boogie Down Productions was what got me into hip hop for sure. Like, Because um, I was into that consciousness. And I, I said my next album, I'm going to ask Chuck if he wants to do it. And then he said, sure, like like without hesitancy. Right, Yeah. Bring it. Open this letter to reveal these details. Style against profiling against the system that fails. Guns prevail, United States of oppression ails. Shit, they voted on saving them whales. These McConnell MFs in their faces of violence. Shots, drugs, dropped on us in their ass, be silent. Like a move bomb, come and tell moves quiet. Keep noise 40 years ago on Long Island. We a target, yes, a target. Target, yet we had to get. Knowledge itself, us, and we added. Who, what, when, how, and why? Do a die and don't quit. Yeah, that's right, y'all. And never forget. Yeah, and then we did that, and then we worked on another track. Um, uh, was the Bate, of course, Bate's letter from Mr. Chuck, you know, which which um, I uh, worked with him on. It had him with his feature, which was so powerful about what's going on in mm-hmm. today's day and age. And then 
Uh, we worked on the Willie Mays, uh, uh, the the song um, called The Amazing Willie Mays, which was on the Willie Mays uh, documentary on HBO, Say Hey Kid, um, so uh, directed by Nelson George, and, and Chuck had me play trumpet on that. So we worked on two different tracks, and it's just a dream come true to work with that gentleman and be and, and call him a friend, you know, yeah. we speak often. So yes. I, I met Chuck D once, and it was on the softball field. Oh, okay. <laughs> you remember, he had a show on Air America. Back in the, yeah, back in, I guess this would have been the early aughts, late 90s. Wow, okay. And and so we used to play Air America, Uh you know, the the WNYC softball team. Oh, okay, yeah. And Chuck was the catcher. And he would just, (laughs) you'd step up to the plate, and he would have some kind of... Thing to say to the batters. Oh, it was just like trash-talking everyone in turn. (laughs) Actually, our our pitcher was sort of pissed off about it, but I'm standing there with the bat in my hand, and I'm thinking... Chuck D is giving me cheap shit. This is amazing. <laughs> this is like one of the great moments of my life. You know? yeah, definitely, I'm sure. So, yeah. so you 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 obviously have a a kind of a dual life as a musician and as a not just a fan but uh, someone who works in the sports mm-hmm. broadcast industry. Um, all right, let's see what kind of New Yorker you are. Okay, Yankees or Mets? Mets, because I grew up near Shea, like 20 minutes uh, from Shea Stadium. So yeah. Mets. Predictable, but incorrect. <laughs> I grew up near Shea Stadium. I became a Yankee fan. Oh, really? Okay, okay. We'll see this year. Both teams are like World yeah, Series yeah. contenders. You know? Giants or Jets? Oh, Giants. Giants. Lawrence Taylor, that's why. Oh, Lawrence yeah. Taylor. Like for the Mets, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry. Lawrence Taylor for the Giants. That's what, yeah, for Knicks sure. Knicks or Nets? Oh, the Knicks, of course. At that time, Patrick Ewan, uh, when he was a rookie. Bernard King, I caught at the tail end when he was like just dropping – 40 points a game, pretty much. Yeah. But, but, of course, those Nick teams in the 90s, like, uh, just heartbreaking. Jordan broke our hearts too many times. <laughs> <laughs> but you still keep coming back for more. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Glut- that, a glutton for punishment. <laughs> that is the definition of a fan. That's right. You know? That's right. And you'd ask me Rangers Islanders. Uh, Rangers Islanders or Devils was the my, my. Rangers. Rangers, okay. yes. I was a LaFontaine fan, Pat LaFontaine fan, but when Messier drew the, uh, joined the Rangers, I was like, okay, Rangers right there, that 94 team. And the yeah. Knicks should have won that 94 now, see, championship I, I, too. I'm, I'm a little older than you. I can remember Dr. J with the Nets. Oh, my goodness, yes. <sighs> I also remember the first season of the Islanders when they won all of six games. That's right, that's right. And so when they went on that run of four consecutive Stanley Amazing. Cups, I was just like. They started in 73. Three-ish? Something like around that. there, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then the run was from eighty through eighty-three, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so um, and and now you have this podcast called "Where They At." Yes, where they at? And um, I I took a hiatus last year in twenty twenty-two because the birth of my daughter and also. On uh, the birth of this album, you know, for sure. So, um, so you had other creative projects. Yes, uh, going yes, indeed. Um, but during the, during, especially during the pandemic, uh, you know, the beauty of modern technology, Zoom, having all these legends on Zoom and talking with them. It's a, where they at is a, um, a profile show, uh, which I spend around an hour to two hours with each like Hall of Fame caliber athlete. Mm. Um, so just to talk about them and their approach to excellence, because music and sports is the same. It's discipline. It's you know like. Uh, it's repetition. Um, it's 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 problem solving. Find you know building on your weaknesses. Focus everything. Uh-huh. So so I would kind of talk to these athletes like kind of like to know because it helps. It helped me to like 
gain perspective on how I can be a better musician. I, I you know, throughout my career in, in in music in broadcasting, I have used sports analogies because they they are they're just so perfect mm-hmm. for the way music works. And improvisation. Yes. Some of the most amazing moments in sports history were the result of improvisation. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you it You think is. of the Jeter flip? I was just thinking of that. Yep. That that it was funny. They almost whoo, that that saved their season, even though they lost to the Diamondbacks in yeah. seven. But still, you know that <laughs> Right. Uh, they made the World Series because of this incredible play and you know right. and Jeter afterwards was like, Well, that's where I'm supposed to be, but you know, that nine hundred and ninety nine out of a hun- out of a thousand other shortstops would never have been have thought where- of that. So, right. Yeah. And and it was, speaking of Jeter, I, I played trumpet on, on the the captain. Um I played on a, on the first episode, played a trumpet. Actually I led the first cue is my trumpet sound, you know, on that. So shout out to Randy Wilkins and Jonathan Altman, the composer, Randy Wilkins, the director, for having me. So, uh, what? Me. Where is uh, the, the? Is that HBO? Oh yes, or? ESPN. ESPN, ESPN Plus. Right, yeah, right, ESPN right. and ESPN Plus. I, I just, yeah. I so it was a miniseries. Never keep track yeah. of what. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, I know it's kind of something else with all these streaming services and all yeah, these yeah. cable channels. It's wow, but it's it's more work for other for everybody. More work. All right. You know, Quick trivia question before we get to the next live tune. And you mentioned the Hall of Fame. In the Baseball Hall of Fame, there are two people who never played. They weren't coaches. They weren't umpires. They weren't owners. They weren't managers. Two people in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Wow. Never, never set foot on the baseball diamond. Vince Scully? Not broadcast. Not broadcast. That 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 is. I oh, should have added that because that has mm. since I first asked this question, that answer wow. has changed. Wow. And I and it was funny. I was on Stump the Schwab in Sports Jeopardy. I can't believe I don't. Whoa. Don't know that one. That's okay. You got. I I give up. Abbott and Costello. Oh my. Oh, oh who's on first? Who's on? Yo. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You'll never forget that one. So you stumped me. You stumped me. Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, make sure make sure to uh, edit that out. Because <laughs> I won on those two shows, and I just did an interview where I where I crushed the questions. I did my thing, but wow, I'm usually undefeated. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those questions. If you didn't know the answer, you yeah. would never. And no guess. one's perfect. No one's perfect. You know, yeah. the great fight, the great fighters lose, lose. You know, it's a very rare undefeated. They all get beat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Any given Sunday, as the expression goes. That's right. That's all right. right. Styles make fights. <laughs> and, uh, um, Harlem Shake is the name of the next piece mm-hmm. you're going to do. This is not the. Harlem Shake viral thing from like a decade ago. <laughs> no, not not that, but it's a dance from back in the day, you know. But 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 Harlem is uh, special to me too because my parents are born and raised in Harlem, and if it wasn't for them, I would have never been into music. I mean, Richard and Barbara just really. My dad hosted a radio show uh, called Musical Expressions on WBAI while I was from my elementary school years through my high school years. So wow. I got to go see concerts. I got to, he. We have albums, and I, when he would listen to the music, I would listen with him. And my mother was all into like Motown and Philadelphia International, and um, you know, and 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 CTI records and mm-hmm. everything. So that's that. If it wasn't for them exposing me to a lot and and bringing me back to Harlem, even though we lived in Queens, I would go to the Harlem School of the Arts for after school programs and everything throughout my childhood. And my my grandmother lived in Harlem, so. Um, so Harlem is a special place. That's like my second home, basically. So um, New Jack Swing, late 80s, early 90s, that you know, mixing singing 
and boom bap and the beats right, of, right. of hip hop and that's what everything is today basically you know yeah. so it was way ahead of his time and I, so I wrote Harlem Shake to, Harlem Shake to like evoke that New Jack Swing era all know, right. Definitely. And New Jack City is like one of my favorite movies ever. That uh, that soundtrack is indicative of that time era, that time frame. <laughs> All right. Harlem Shake is the name of the piece. Once again, it's from uh, Nabate Isle's most recent record, End Motion. But we got the band here in the studio. Let's let them play it. That is Harlem Shake, the song and the band that stops on a dime. Nabate Isles playing the trumpet. Once again, uh, Davis Whitfield at the keyboards. Richie Goods playing a five-string electric bass and its attendant effects. And Abe Fogel behind our drum kit. So, Nabate, the album is, um, as we have mentioned, a very eclectic one. It reflects all these different types of music you grew up with. There are a couple of covers uh, one of them more surprising than the other. I, I was not surprised that you, as a trumpeter, would have chosen to do Cristo, Cristo Redentor, the, the, the tune made, I guess, made famous by Donald Byrd. Yeah, written by Duke Pearson. By, by Duke, Duke Pearson, right. That seems like something that, you know, a trumpeter would know and love and would want to put his own mark on. Yes. 
What about the smile, the the band led by Radiohead's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood mm-hmm. and um, the drummer from Sons of Kemet? Oh, Tom Skinner. Tom Skinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, first, with Crystal Redento, that was an album that was played in my house when I was a child. So I wanted to give it like a remix feel with that boom bap, hip hop, like uh, groove under, like, because I've always loved beautiful melodies over like busy funky grooves mm-hmm. like that's really that's really um something that's really appealed to me throughout my life as a musician and composer um so so that with Chris Rodento, but the smile um I, I'm sorry the smoke which is by the smile and uh, I'm a big Radiohead fan and um and my manager uh Brad Davison mentioned uh that that Johnny Greenwood and Tom York had a new group and uh, he said you need to listen to the smoke you know that's something that can be something you can um uh, do something with and I was like okay I listened to that bass line I was like okay yeah that's it you know <laughs> Also, I'm a big Johnny Greenwood. Um, his film compositions are incredible. You know, Power of the Dog was one of his last scores, and of course, all the PTA Paul Thomas Anderson films he right. um, wrote. There written, will be fact, blood. And, yes, yeah, that was yeah. his first score with PTA. Yep, absolutely. Um, and um, and uh, you know, so I that the groove, that bass line, and I was like, oh yeah, I, we can definitely do something with it. And, and I wanted to use different different elements, you know, to it. And Sam Barsh. Big uh, shout out to Sam Barsh, my producer on the on the record. He's produced both my albums. One of the most uh, uh, one of the most talented individuals. I mean, he's a great songwriter. He's written for Kanye West and Anderson Park and Alo Block, all the pop artists and everything, and hip hop artists. Uh, Kendrick Lamar too. Um, and and he uh, played the bass line on on the um, on the Korg, you know, played it on keyboard bass. So uh, uh, tabla sufala on tabla. Um, also, Victor Provost on Steel Pan had a string quartet, you know, yeah. as well. Uh, vocals, Badia Ferrar sang vocals um, and everything. And uh, yeah, so just different types of instrumentation on there. Eric Carlin was on drums. Rachel Eckroff was on keys as well. Um, so just great individuals around, you know, that, that were on yeah. uh, part of this record. 26, 25 different musicians. Well, No, 25, yes, including my daughter. She did some vocal inflections on Perfect Cadence on the record. At age (laughs) six months. (laughs) Actually, we we took recordings of her sounds like for the first, first like, uh, five first five months of her life, okay. you know, he's <laughs> that. So, all right. So, what happens now? I mean, the album's out. Mm-hmm. Um, is this the kind of thing you, you, that now you have to figure out how to be able to present these songs live? Yes. Um. Uh. Yes. I, I, well, I just did um uh, a record release party at City Winery that that Richie was a part of. Richie Goods here, and um, so I did that at City Winery. I'm going to be performing um over in L.A. at the Paramount Theater on March 30th and locally I'll be back at I'll be back in the city of New Blue on the 28th of April and and then of course there's a new season of the podcast 
Where are they mm-hmm. at? Yes, where they at? Yes, indeed. And mm-hmm. uh, the first one should should be in early, by early March for and sure. And who will that be? Oh, uh, are you allowed to say? I'm or? gonna say Mike Brown. Mike Brown, the current head coach of the Sacramento Kings. So okay. it's it's gonna yeah. We I interviewed him a few months back and a lot of lot of good stuff. You know. All so. right. Yeah. <laughs> Nabate, uh, a pleasure talking music and sports with you. Thanks for pleasure. bringing the band in and playing for us today. Pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, John. Such an honor to be here. Thank you. And my thanks to our crew, because it is a team effort, as it always is. Technical Director Irene Trudell, our producer Karen Havlick, video shot today by Joe Enright. Our video producer is Eric Weber. I'm John Schaefer. You can uh, find our videos on the New Sounds YouTube channel or right here at newsounds.org. <laughs>